Welcome to Parenting in the Trenches. I'm Karen Peters, a registered clinical counselor, and I'm a mom. We're getting real about all things family from a mental health perspective. So let's get to it. Welcome to the last episode in a series on welcoming new babies into your life and transitioning from going from a couple into family mode. When you're expecting your baby or that baby has just arrived, particularly if it's your first, you are entering a phase of family growth that can feel messy and complicated in terms of forming your own identity as a family apart from other people's expectations. Many parents find themselves surprised by how different their extended family's thoughts and values are from what actually feels right for you and your family. And that can create a lot of tension. When close relationships are involved, it's tricky and it's sticky to find ways to honor what you're intentionally cultivating for yourself while not wanting to create confrontation or hurt with your siblings, maybe your parents or your in-laws. It might be extra complicated by the experience of those differences between your own extended family and that of your partner's. When it comes to that, it's not just their feelings and relationships in the balance, but hurt can happen with your partner if either of you feel defensive about honoring their own family's expectations. Add yet another layer and you have now entered the octagon of two extended families feeling as though maybe they are treated unfairly compared to the other. Family relationships and boundary setting is almost always complicated to begin with. And as in any relationship, there are unique qualities and considerations during every big transition. So no, there is no manual for your specific family, but there are some tried, trusted, and true principles of what makes for healthy boundary setting. Let's start by talking about unnamed expectations, and the role that they can play in setting up families for stressful dynamics once the baby has arrived. So, I mean, first of all, if this is your first child, it is all brand new territory to you. So you might know your parents, sibling, and in-laws well enough to have some gut-based concerns about what might emerge, but it's really hard to tell exactly how that's going to play out. And people don't like to anticipate the negative, much less address it proactively before they have a real sense or evidence of it being a problem for you yet. And because this is your first, you might be feeling the pressure to set boundaries right now so that you have established those expectations from the start in case you have more children. It can be hard to know what you're wanting to have happen after the baby arrives because you haven't been there before. How much time are you going to want to share space with other people and with which people and where and how? How much support will you need and who will you feel most comfortable receiving that care from? Does this differ from your partner's hopes around what help happens in the first few months or the first few years? Do you have concerns about the type of influence certain family members might have on your child or what type of presence they'll offer you while you're parenting in front of them? Maybe you've determined what concerns you do have, but you don't have a clue how to bring that up with your family members. Fair enough, you're concerned about conflict, tension, hurting their feelings, and upsetting the status quo. 
you're likely anticipating particular reactions from them, and that makes it extra difficult for you to initiate the conversation. The problem happens when what you expect of them and what they expect of you hasn't been put on the table and discussed because you're setting yourself up for more intense emotions, hurt, and conflict down the road. Waiting until it hits the fan means you have more mess to clean up. Consider that you might be assuming things maybe that aren't even true about what they expect for the amounts of involvement and contact and type of contact. It's always good to check it out with them so that you can address things accordingly. Be proactive. Ask questions. Ask what their hopes are. Do they imagine showing up at your door, bags in hand, ready to move into the guest room for three weeks post-birth? And how does that fit with what you're hoping for? Do they believe that giving you lots of space and distance might be helpful, but actually that will signal to you that they must not be excited or care? You want to be careful about misinterpretation. And clarifying what people's expectations are often mitigates that. Are they waiting for you to ask for what you need and you are waiting for them to offer? Naming the expectations can be helpful even if they shift or change down the road. So you don't have to know exactly what you need, but you do have to start the conversation so it doesn't feel so tricky down the road. That foundational conversation is what you can revisit instead of starting up while you're in the thick of caring for your baby, sleep deprived and recovering and discovering how hard it can be to restructure your life around an infant. The last thing you need in this phase is big, hard, messy conversations with the in-law who feels that you are withholding their grandbaby from them. Once you've laid some common ground rules, it'll feel way easier to tweak those when needed. And let's not skip talking about your own partner or couple relationship. Are you on the same page? And how do you know? Have you talked explicitly with your partner about what you'd like to see happen around role division once the baby has come? Or have you just kind of assumed all it'll all just sort itself out? Who will take on what and how much of the time? How can you build in ways of communicating when something's not working for you so that you can both make the needed adjustments without maybe taking it so personally? Do you both have the same ideas about extended family relationships and what support and involvement will look like? Are there tender spots that you've been avoiding? Because those are usually a telltale sign that those are the most in need of your proactive attention. If it feels tender now, it's going to double up once you're in the thick of the parenting and your resources are running low. Having conflict with family is tough enough. What you really don't want is to find out that you don't have one another's back in dealing with setting and holding those boundaries with extended family members. It's a setup for one of you saying yes to things that the other really isn't comfortable and then minimizing the concerns. Take one another's feelings and opinions seriously and be willing to compromise. Here's the thing about dealing with things head on and a proactive mindset. It helps you prevent resentment. It's easier to iron out wrinkles than creases. 
and you only have so much mental stamina to go around. Resentment is an energy sucker. It erodes relationships really fast. We cope by protecting ourselves with tactics like avoidance, sarcasm, frustration, or insults. And if that pattern is felt between two family members, it takes a lot to heal the buildup of hurt and misinterpretations that have collected along the way. And it takes intention. It doesn't just dissolve with time and silence. Communicating your desires, how those can happen in relationship with your family and how they can't, will help insulate the relationship from growing feelings of resentment. If you want them to call you before they show up, or only come at certain times of the day, don't expect them to read your mind. Tell them. And when you tell family your hopes and boundaries, say them respectfully and with the secure knowledge that it's okay to do what's best for your new family unit. You can acknowledge why those lines in the sand might actually be really difficult for other people, and you can hold space for that and express compassion that that's how they'll experience it but you don't need to apologize for the boundaries that you set nor do you need to erase them to make others feel okay another way to avoid resentment is to speak about the situation not the person if you're upset about a boundary being crossed instead of expressing your anger at the person who crossed them You express to that person your anger about the situation, the anger that you feel when the boundary is crossed. If feeling blamed or shamed, it is much less likely that person is going to adjust or change the way that you're hoping. If you can name what about the behaviors cause you frustration or tension, it's about the thing, not so much about the person. And be clear about the consequences. You can say ahead of time the reason that you need the boundary and that if it's crossed, it'll be important for you to put in additional space to ensure that you and your family have their needs met. And you can also reassure family members that you need some time to figure out what will work. So please be patient with us as we do that, and we will let you know if things settle down and in, and we can relax about things. Be aware others might react from a sense of rejection when you set boundaries. So just a quick note about setting healthy boundaries. If people you set them with react from a place of feeling rejected, that does not mean that your boundary is unhealthy or inappropriate. I'm going to say that again, because I'm having this conversation with a lot of people right now, and I know that this is true for, for a lot of people. If the people you set them with react from a place of feeling rejected, it does not mean that your boundary is unhealthy or inappropriate. It is not your responsibility to make sure that everybody loves or lines up with your boundaries. You can always make concerted efforts to deliver those boundaries with integrity, dignity, and respect. But at the end of the day, those people might still feel hurt or rejected. It's part of the dynamic and does not mean you are messing anything up. Validate their experience, but do not apologize for it. Communicate respectfully and clearly. Hold the line consistently. 
not just once or twice, and then cave in to appease. And if you see ways of considering or offering alternatives to have their needs met that actually do fit for you, then put those out there. You're not out to get them. This is about coming up with a solution that's going to work for you. If you're single parenting, take some time to talk through this with a trusted friend. Process it out loud somewhere. Sit with your journal, maybe, and consider what boundaries will be healthy for you, how you're going to articulate them to the right people in your life, and what support you'll need to stick to them and grow your family the way you desire. And if you're in a couple relationship, set an evening aside to start this intentional conversation and explore what each of you are envisioning will happen. What are your concerns and how are you going to handle them proactively and together? Strong couple relationship skills and healthy dynamics will take you miles on this journey of growing your family. So if you want to dive into this more deeply with me, you can check out the course link in the show notes for details. Happy boundary setting, folks. Thanks for spending time with me today. Remember to check out the show notes for related resources. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, or you can also subscribe to my online learning page at my.thrive-life forward slash LRL series, where you'll get updates, extra tools for your toolkit. And if there's a topic that you want me to cover in this podcast, please shoot me a message. I would love to hear from you. Shoulder to shoulder with you, knee deep in this mud. I will see you back here next time.